Hello, and welcome to the Red Kill Mountain Homestead Farms podcast. I am your host, Ashley Rossi, coming to you from the beautiful, cold, and snowy Catskill Mountains of New York State. Today, we are talking with maple syrup producer Tree Juice out of Arkville, New York. Ray from Tree Juice is joining us to discuss the various aspects of running a maple syrup business, how maple syrup is produced, maple education, and much more. Most people in the United States believe that maple syrup comes exclusively from Vermont or Canada, and indeed the majority of maple syrup does. However, what most people do not realize is that New York State is home to a significant resource of maple trees that supports an industry of over 2,000 sugar makers, mostly small to medium-sized businesses. Today's guest, Tree Juice, is anything but your average maple syrup producer. Tree Juice allows their creative and fun nature to come through to customers with their unique and seasonal offerings like lemon zest, wild blueberry, and even a local garlic maple syrup. Tree Juice has seen continued growth year on year due to their very strong foothold here in the Catskill Mountains and the Hudson Valley communities, including launching the first ever known maple syrup CSA, which we will discuss more about in the interview. Tree Juice is a small and capable team that is dedicated to making their syrup the old-fashioned way, boiled over hardwood. Be sure to listen to the end of the interview where Ray gives a sweet discount code to receive a free two-ounce bottle of their maple syrup. Now let's get to it. Well, Ray, thank you for joining us today and welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Ashley. I'm super happy to be here. All right, so let's start the discussion today with the background story of how Tree Juice formed um, and what was the thinking that led to the formation of the first known maple syrup CSA? How did that come to be? And maybe for listeners who are unfamiliar with the CSA model, you can describe what a CSA is and why it was an unconventional approach uh, and how or why it paid off for Tree Juice. Um, sure. So in 2012, my two business partners, Ryan Annitz and Jake Fairburn, had a vision to resurrect the Fairburn family's sugar shack. Um, Jake was actually making really delicious gelato at the time um, that he was producing right on the farm from his cows. Um, and rather than producing maple syrup from other local farmers, he and Ryan decided to team up and began making it themselves. Um, however, maple syrup production is not cheap or an easy endeavor, as you might know. Um, so they had to ask themselves, how are we going to absorb the upfront costs of getting the sugar shack ready for the winter? Um, so ba- basically, um, both Jake and Ryan had some wonderful support in the community, great friends in agriculture, and were already familiar with the CS model, uh, CSA model, which uh, for traditional fruit and veggie farmers, allows customers to pay up front for a share in the year's harvest. Um, No one had ever done this with maple syrup before, so it kind of made sense for Jake and Ryan to pursue it. Um, They worked with friends, family, a lot of community members. Uh, They took a bunch of orders, and by offering their syrup at a reduced cost at the beginning of the season, they were able to absorb those upfront startup costs and get the sugar shack up and ready ready for their season. No, no. And I think that's really, really cool because it's such an unconventional approach. And I think that in small business, it's that type of thinking um, that really can bring a lot of success. And it's this like unconventional 
sort of way that that attracts people. So how would you describe the success of the CSA? And do you still run the CSA this year, almost almost 10 years later? Yeah, um, it still is up and in operation. We actually just launched it for this year's season. Um, our members have grown quite a bit as has our production. Um, but it's been wonderful. I mean, it gives us and our wonderful supporters something to look forward to for the season. Um, and it's great to hear from everybody year, for, year after year that keeps coming back for our sweet stuff. Um, we offer two different sizes, small shares, which is a half gallon, and large shares, uh, which is a full gallon. Um, and it's great because this is the one chance during the year that you have the choice of the grade of maple syrup. So whether you like a light, delicate taste is a golden maple syrup or a very dark, robust taste. Um, this is when we're taking those orders for the different grades because we can see what we're going to produce. Very cool. And so that I understand it, do you do CSA pickups um, once a year? Is it twice a year? Is it ongoing? Or do you do the CSA now to get some of the upfront costs? So do you do it like in the beginning of the maple syrup season? Yep. Um, so in order to offset our upfront costs of the season, because there's a lot that goes into the production, um, we start it the beginning week of February, and it runs through the beginning week of March. So we take all of our orders, we take the payment up front, and then we distribute those shares um, to several different locations. We work, um, we work with some local shops in Kingston where there's a CSA pickup point. Um, I'll bring them out to farmer's markets when we attend. Um, but it really helps us get going on our season. And then once it's produced, we package it all up for everybody and bring it out and distribute. I think that's such a great idea. Very cool. Now, as I mentioned in the show introduction, New York State is home to over 2,000 sugar makers. So it's a pretty competitive landscape. Um, you also have Vermont and Canada um, that are big powerhouse producers of maple syrup. Um, but one of the things that Tree Juice does differently and something that I really, really love um, and very different from many sugar makers are seasonal flavorings and they're made using only natural ingredients. So for example, um, lemon zest, wild blueberry, chocolate. And I saw last fall, like a local garlic flavor, <laughs> which is pretty cool and interesting. And I never got to try it, but um, I thought that was pretty awesome. So these are, um, interesting flavors and really unique like ideas really unique spins and then um in our business relationship which we can talk about with the red kill mountain tree juice relationship we actually bottle um you bottle for us the bourbon barrel um and the mm -hmm. bourbon barrel and the rye are another amazing kind of flavor that are done um, in bourbon barrels so you know, I think it's really cool, but there are people who say, you know, maple syrup should be kept very, very pure and nothing should be added. And, you know, and I think that that, are, that um, perspective is certainly a valid one as well. But um, tell us more about the inspiration behind the different flavors and how they have been received by the public. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm definitely going to need to get you some garlic because I've been having <laughs> so much fun cooking with that one. It sounds weird, um, but it really for savory dishes is exceptional. Um, I love it. 
Um, and we keep expanding our flavor profiles. Um, Ryan is really our master mastermind behind all the creations. Um, he's always coming up with something fun and unique to try. Um, we all love experimenting. It's really cool, like, hey, why don't we try this? Um, there's been some weird ones bounced around. <laughs> um, and for the public, I mean, we definitely have our purists that love our traditional maple syrup, but if you're looking to expand your culinary experience and like, I mean, I use it for everything from muffins and baked goods to savory stir fries. Uh, it's really fun yeah. and it's fun to interact with everybody that's buying our products and seeing how they're using them. It's very cool. What would you think like parents would say, do, do kids like really flock to one of the um, flavor offerings? Uh, you know, it really depends. I would say lemon is actually one of our most popular with the kids. Um, I love that one on blueberry pancakes. I put it in my tea. Obviously, chocolate is a hit with the kids. You can make the best cocoa with it. Um, so they're fun. And I mean, with the chocolate, it's also a great trade-off for instead of like a Hershey's syrup or some kind of processed syrup. Our products, as you said, they're all natural. Um, we use raw cacao powder to produce our chocolate maple syrup, wild blueberries, organic lemon zest. So you really get the best of everything. Yeah, and I also love, one of the things I love that Tree Juice does is create a really small like sort of sample pack um, of each of the flavors so that you can um, try them. And I think that's like a really great way to get some exposure to all the different flavors because maple syrup can be used and I, and we'll talk about that later, but it, maple syrup can be used in so many ways. And you're giving me so many ideas like <laughs> using it in a tea or a coffee um, instead of having Hershey syrup, which, you know, yeah. is not the best. Like, so, so. <laughs> yeah, our little flight packs, they're so cute. And I mean, I've heard from a lot of people, they just set them up and they do like pancake and waffle bars too and try like, six of our different flavors on different pancakes. So you can get really creative with it. It's fun. Mm, yeah. Now we did talk about the maple syrup purists. And of course, um, you know, I love a good maple syrup and um, just plain as well. But we do know that in the maple syrup industry, um, there are some things that are done. You know, it is a very um, labor intensive process and it is a pretty high energy use process. Um, and another way that tree juice differentiates itself sort of from the pack is that tree juice is wood fired. Um, mm -hmm. And then I would wonder, or if you could speak to us a little bit about, you know, using wood and what that's like and where do you get the wood for to, and then if you could explain a little bit about um, using a wood fire versus using other forms of energy, like a diesel or an oil. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, well, I'm definitely biased, uh, but I think there's unrivaled differences. There's nothing like that rich, smoky, robust, mapley goodness that you get over that wood fire evaporator. Um, we're very traditional in that approach. Um, our unique flavors set us apart, but we do process our maple syrup very traditionally. Um, our wood output, we use so much wood, um, probably close to 20 cords in a season, um, which is a lot. We're getting that both locally from our friend and firewood producer, Jason. Uh, we're also sustainably sourcing broken down trees, branches, um, thinning out our forest to keep our land healthy. 
um, and trying to be as environmentally friendly as possible with it. Um, in my opinion, I, I really prefer the environmental aspect of firewood over a diesel or an oil. Um, it's cleaner and more pure, as you said. Yeah. And what about another thing, another common um, process in the maple syrup industry is using reverse osmosis. And so maybe for the listeners that are not familiar with the reverse osmosis step in this process, you can talk about um, reverse osmosis. Do you use it? And do you notice any differences in flavors with reverse osmosis? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we do use reverse osmosis, uh, our RO machine, as we lovingly call it. Um, it's such a huge help. Um, so when we're getting our sap raw, it's only at a sugar content of about 2% if we're lucky. Like that's on a great day. Typically, we're hitting between like 1.6% sugar and 1.8% sugar. And that takes a lot of energy to turn that sap into what is known as maple syrup which actually has a sugar content of 67%. So you can, as you can imagine, getting something boiled down to that amount of sugar, like that percentage is a lot. Um, so RRO takes it and concentrates our sap from 2% to about six, six and a half percent roughly. And it saves down hours and hours of boiling uh, for us. So I haven't noticed a taste difference personally. Um, I know that there are some people that like it traditionally, you know, you boil it right over an open fire from the tree to the boiler. Um, but in my experience, I haven't noticed a taste difference and the efficiency of it and the ability, like our output is much greater with our RO machine. I think like from a small business perspective, having that reverse osmosis is a great um, step in the process. So I agree with you because when we first, Matt and I first started getting into maple syrup, we just made it at home. Um, and if you, when, you know, homestead farmer, or there's lots of small farms or family farms that just make maple syrup at home, they do it with their kids or they make, it's a tradition in their family or something. And you're just boiling it, you know, at your house or near your barn. And it's kind of like, um, you realize how much work it is. And you also realize that to really make a business out of maple syrup, it would be a pretty big investment. And so I hear what you're saying a lot about the reverse osmosis because it saves you a big, it saves on the boiling and the boiling is such a, a humongous aspect. I mean, it is the whole entire process is boiling. Yeah. Um, and net, like we've gotten to a certain point where we're producing enough syrup that it really just makes sense for us. Um, to utilize the technologies in the maple industry that are going to help us succeed and grow and put out more sweet stuff. I mean, that's what our season is based on is how much can we make in this time frame? Cause it's only, it really is only a few months. Um, we're working on tapping now and we'll be done soon and it will start boiling probably in about a week and a half. And then a month and a half later, it's over, you know, goes quick. And so we need all the help we can get. <laughs> <laughs> it is a short season. Yes. And you're stepping right into the next sort of question or next um, sort of segment, which is about the processing and um, 
Yes, that's amazing. It's, so we're filming this in February, and it's hard to imagine that the days are ever going to get any warmer, but <laughs> um, they will. So uh, yeah, it would be great if I'll give you the floor for a bit, um, and you can talk about the process of harvesting sap, and because it actually is quite a phenomenal and amazing process. Um, that we, we couldn't have maple syrup without the trees. And the trees just do this amazing thing um, that we're able to sort of take a piece of and, and use. So I'll give you the floor here and um, you're open to discuss sort of where maple syrup comes from and how it's harvested and boiled down and, and all of the work that goes into creating uh, the wonderful product. Awesome, thanks. Um, well, it sure is about our trees. Uh, we definitely take pride in taking care of them and our land. Uh, we start each sap season. So right now it's the first week in February. We've been working for about the last month getting everything um, prepped really for our upcoming season. Um, and there really are just so many bits and pieces that we have to keep track of. Um, we've started this year by replacing the drop lines, which are the part of our tubing system that goes from our tree to our lateral sap line, which will connect and bring it down to our sap house. Um, it's, it sounds like a maze, it really is. <laughs> um, it's, it's so much fun being up in the woods amongst all those lines, it's really a great experience. Um, and so while we're up there and replacing our drop lines, we're also cleaning up fallen trees and branches and dragging those down. Uh, we're making replacements and modifications as we need to be throughout our system up there. Um, and that's really just what we're completing outside. I mean, inside, we've gotten a new pan for our evaporator. We're prepping new equipment. We're cleaning up and making sure that we're ready to go in the, uh, in the next season. Um, so it's been quite the process. Um, anyhow, now that we've started our prep work and almost finished it, we're also working on um, tapping and this year with all of the snow, it's going to be a lot of work. Um, we have about 7,500 trees between our property and um, actually your and Matt's property over at Red Kill that we lease, which I, we can touch on a bit later. It's just been a wonderful uh, work environment to have more expansion and more production of ability. Um, but anyhow, so our ideal sap flow weather is 40 degrees during the day. Um, and freezing at night. The warmer weather essentially just wakes up the trees and triggers them to start their sap flow, which in nature and the sciencey part of that is ultimately how the trees are bringing their nutrients and water to their leaves for the upcoming spring. Um, and we're lucky enough that we get to tap into this amazing system and collect the sap as it's moving within the tree. Um, all this sap gets stored in our large tanks outside of our sap house, and we have to process it quite quickly. Um, we really can't let sap sit for more than 24 hours before it starts turning, and we want the best, highest quality base that we can get. Um, all of our tanks are then connected um, via hoses and tubing to smaller tanks that we use to store different phases of the sap. Um, we had talked about that earlier with our RO machine. Um, so we have one container of raw sap. This gets sent through our RO. It then gets put into another collection tank, um, which is our concentrate tank. It's our sweeter stuff. 
Um, and that then gets drained down into our boiler and the actual production of the syrup starts there. Um, while we're making syrup and running all of our equipment down at the sap house, we're constantly monitoring our sap lines and checking on our happy trees um, and making sure that everything is efficient as possible. Because as we had discussed with small businesses, we need to cut costs and make sure we're running at most optimal um, speed as we can. Um, and then in order for the trees to shut off, their sap production, we really like that freezing temperature at night. Um, it kind of puts the trees in a hibernation that they're not ready to bud for spring yet, um, which keeps the sap where we need it with sugar content and the quality of it. Um, and then at the end of the season, we untap everything and we put our trees to bed for their summer vacation and we start prepping for the next season. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool that's cool now do you sleep during <laughs> during maple syrup season because so I really want to um I I want to give like a lot of love to you guys because it is such a short season I really want the listeners to take away you know maple syrup is such a short season it's so contingent on the weather there's a lot of prep work like you said um and there's a lot of monitoring making sure that the sap doesn't you know, that it doesn't overextend its stay in a tank or something, you know, so there's a lot of work. And I was just was like, I just really want to emphasize like to the, to the listeners that, you know, this is, um, is it, so what is it like when you're actually boiling and, um, do you sleep at night? Like those, during those nights when you're, you know, gotta, or, and how do you like manage the people that are working? Um, well, we got a small crew. Um, it's really, there's about six of us total, I think, out in the woods um, most days. Uh, that's when we're lucky and have that big of a crew. Um, we try to sleep. Um, pretty much what we try to do is we have different lines um, on our tubing that goes into our evaporator that tells us how much longer in the boil we have. <laughs> and so at a certain point, there is uh, we hit a line, we're going, okay, we need to get to bed. It's 2 a.m. in the morning and we have another day tomorrow. <laughs> so we're going to shut things down, seal it up and start the boil again in the morning. Um, and it's a lot it, depending on what this it really is all weather dependent and depending on sap flow. I mean, we can have one day of boiling one week and the following week we're boiling every other every night, you know. Um, so it's a lot. And we just cross our fingers and hope that we get good weather and a good season and we work together. Um, and it's all about communication between Ryan, Jake and I on how we're balancing things and making sure everything's getting done. Um, but yeah, we definitely look forward to the end of sap season when we can all take a nice deep breath. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> in a vacation. <laughs> um, now, just by for background information, I know I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Matt and I started. It's really Matt. He's the um, experimenter. He likes he like loves experimenting with things. So he was the one who bought the maple buckets, and we we did it at home. And then one day we left it the pan on and forgot about it, and we had to call like a neighbor or the fire department to come mm -hmm. and turn it off because we went out. <laughs> um, and you know it was it made us appreciate the amount of work and. And um, the Red Kill property, we also kind of 
it's kind of a long story, but we installed, I would say the first year we did an install of like 700 taps. Um, and then the next year we went from about 700 to 2000 taps. And I think that's what we have about now. Um, and as you said before, you know, we lease that out to tree juice um, and our properties are maybe like, I don't know the total distance, but maybe 10 miles apart from each other. Um, you know, so maybe you can talk about, you know, how do you work out those relations, you know, because unless you have like a humongous, humongous property um, or, or you're tapping out every tree, you do kind of need to rely on other members in the community uh, to grow your business. Maybe you can talk about like what it's like to lease from other people or, you know, and you don't have to certainly share any inside <laughs> secrets or anything like that you're not comfortable with. But certainly, you know, we have a business relationship. We're very, very happy. Um, that tree juice is managing the sap bush and you guys do a fabulous job. Um, and we're very happy to be a part of that. So maybe you can just talk about that aspect. Yeah, of the business. absolutely. I mean, gosh, we really lucked out with you guys. We're very happy to have you as our neighbors and it's working so well. Um, we, we really couldn't do it without other agriculture, uh, niches to like tap into literally cause we just don't have the trees. Um, so having the community support and other small businesses that we can turn to when we do need help is important. Um, the same as they can turn to us if they need any help with some maple needs, you know. Um, we work with a couple local farmers on wholesaling maple syrup if necessary. We work with a couple other people getting taps and equipment. Um, it's just really necessary to be a part of that community and engaged in it. So when opportunities do arise, like, oh, somebody in this area is shutting down this part of their sugar bush, like, is tree juice interested and things like that. It really is so helpful for growth and expansion um, and just communication in general. You know, we want to support everybody else around us too, um, to have our community be successful one. Yep, exactly. And just for the listener who might not be able to picture that, so our properties like are about 10 miles apart, let's just say, and the tree juice property has the sap uh, house on it. Our property is just trees um, and a tank. So basically the sap flows from downhill from our trees into the tank and then tree juice sends a driver um, with a smaller tank or just another type of tank and they collect the sap and bring it down um, to their sap house. So it is, you know, an orchestra, you're orchestrating like a lot of moving parts um, because you said the sap can, you know, it, it doesn't yeah. have, you know, it could go uh, bad if, if it's like left out too long or the weather gets really, really warm, yep. for and example. And so when we're leasing trees and uh, purchasing sap from other suppliers, we have to, we have, to have a driver on call um, that has tanks and a trailer to go haul, and then they go and collect it and bring it over to us so we can boil. Um, we have another property that we work with out towards Kerhonkson, which is close to my partner Ryan's. Um, and on his way over to our property, he'll stop and fill up a bunch of cubes and bring them over with sap. Um, and it really is just like we have to monitor when those are filling, how much they're filling, and date everything and keep it all in their right batches. So Nice, yeah. And one thing that's like really great about maple syrup, um, I know this with the molasses too, is that when you're evaporating 
um, the sap, you're taking away the water and you're basically leaving the sugar so that when you bottle that, um, it has a very long shelf life. So, you know, it's a lot of hard work that you're doing during the season, but once it's in a bottle or however you store it in a barrel or, you know, once it's stored, it can last for a very long time because there's basically mm -hmm. no water in the product. Yeah. Yep. Which is yeah, really cool. it's really interesting. Um, with our kitchen license, as we've expanded and started producing our other flavors, um, we got our 20C uh, kitchen license. And with that, we have to put a date label on the bottom of the each bottle when we're bottling them um, in for compliance. But when I talk to people and explain it, I'm like, with our peer, it really is better it's better past the best buy label. It's just, we don't have the same properties as honey to make it a shelf stable prop um, component. Like we have to be stored in the refrigerator and there are different things that like we have to comply with and with eggs and markets in terms of date labeling and stuff. Yep, exactly. Us too. And um, for the listeners, the um, 20 C kitchen is basically a licensed commercial kitchen that is inspected by the New York state ag and markets. And we have a 20 C kitchen here too. Um, it is like inspected once a year because we just have, we have also a seasonal yeah. um, production. So I think we'll switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit more about the business, uh, the business aspects here too, um, which I could really jive with you guys because you know, Red Kill Mountain Homestead Farms is essentially an Apple an Apple business. And um, so we also have a short season, mm -hmm. though it, our season is much longer than yours. You know, I can really, really appreciate some of the challenges that you face. Um, and one of the things I wanted to highlight here um, were events <laughs> and events or sort of farmers markets and things that used to be um, a major driver of revenue and customer engagement. Um, obviously, I'm talking about the before time, you know, life before COVID-19. Um, and so I wanted to see, you know, what, how Tree Juice pivoted during like 2020. What was, what was the major drivers of revenue for you before that? And then we can talk about the future. Uh, yeah, sounds great. Um, gosh, what a mess events were this past year dealing with COVID-19. Um, it was a bummer for sure. Um, our 2019 season prior to COVID um, was the best we've had. It actually made up almost a third of our income as a company. So events were so big for us. And when we got the news of everything shutting down this year or this past year, uh, it was it was scary and we were all very concerned. Um, I believe we finished out making just under 7% in revenue in events this last year. Um, so going from a third of our company's income to accounting for 7%, that's a huge chunk and a big change. Um, Thankfully, we were able to attend some markets. Um, we, they had wonderful staff, both at the Kingston Farmers Market and Pleasantville Farmers Markets, where we've been attending for many years. Um, and that was great. And there was also a couple other pop-ups that I was able to do. So I guess I saved event season in a way because we were able to work with these different um, markets and festivals and make a COVID-safe environment for us to vend at. But it was a rough one. Um, 
we were very, very lucky to bounce back um, with our wholesale output and also our community collaborations. Um, and it turned out to be a successful year regardless of our devastating event time. Um, and thank goodness for it. I think that our ability to focus from events and that kind of presence to, uh, okay, we need to focus on a wholesale and community collaboration with several different businesses. It really changed 2020 around for us and we, we made it successful. Um, our teamwork really paid off. We were still collaborating with Union Grove Distillery in Arkville. Uh, we work with Immuneshine out um, Woodstock direction. Yorn Corn as making a maple popcorn. Um, so there's a bunch of fun things going on. And honestly, even though the events were so rough last year, without that extra time that we had to put forward uh, relationships, we wouldn't have grown to where we are now. So as hard as 2020 was, right. we made it work. And we're very lucky to have these businesses to support us and for us to support them. Um, yeah, I know Immune Shine actually um, won a good food yeah, award. Yeah, won several. Their products are so fun. I really like them. Um, but yeah, that was actually, I was looking into that because um, it's a very, it, it's a very cool um, program and model to go after. So maybe the, in the future, we can look at exploring some good foods for tree juice. Yeah, that's very cool. And, you know, do you see, so you, I was doing farmer's markets too. You know, I had um, a farmer's market booth and um, I had some events on the horizon too. And I just wanted to see, you know, now it's 2021, things are definitely opening up and a little bit different. Do you see anything percolating on the horizon or you're not really looking for that anymore? You know, events and in-person sort um, of engagements? Yes and no. Um, I would love to go back to the event season we had in 2019. Uh, it was so much fun. We were doing events every weekend, if not more than that. Um, and it was great to be out there and engaging with everyone. Um, but I think we really just have to keep focus, keep shifting our focus to expand. Um, also digitally, I know that's such a huge part of our company now. Um, everything is digital, online platforms and all of that. So I don't see us going back to in-person events. Um, we will be sticking with our loyal farmers markets and there's a few um, standing festivals that we've been attending to for years uh, that I would like to continue to attend. But I think we're gonna focus more on our digital presence and our wholesale output in the future. Yeah, excellent. Now. I guess speaking of that too, the digital presence, it's something that I've been um, kind of mulling over myself because obviously with limited engagements, limited farmers markets, um, and now with everybody just having such access to the internet and cell phones and social media and so many technology devices, things like building the digital presence makes a lot of sense. And I wanted to see, you know, how does Tree Juice embrace technology and what are you doing to build your digital presence? And, you know, what are you thinking about doing, you know, for this sure. year and beyond? Um, 
I feel like I have a lot to learn. Um, there's so much and there's so many great um, platforms and different ways to get out there. And there's so many like little tweaks and things that you can do with them to really make a presence. Um, and I think that's kind of our approach is just be adaptable, you know, try different things out, figure out what's working and what's not working. Where are we getting our engagement from and how can we tap that in to our company? Um, we recently received a grant from the Water uh, Agricultural Council, WAC, um, and they helped us redo our uh -huh. website. So that was a huge benefit to us. Um, we've gotten a lot more sales. It's way easier to use. Um, so user-friendly, we're focusing on um, being, a, being on several different locations so people see us more, you know, we're easy to access products. So you can have tree juice in your fridge for your morning coffee easily enough um, like that. Uh, we're also working with a couple other farms and companies to do collaborations with them, um, get followers for them, get followers for us. Um, so there's a bunch of different little things like that we're working on. Um, I'm also trying to work with a couple different local library systems to do some presentations um, and some education on maple syrup. Um, and really with social media, we want people to know who we are as a company. You know, um, I post pretty often these funny goofball clips on our Instagram of us just having fun producing maple syrup and doing our job and working together. Um, our happy, our mission is to spread happiness through our maple syrup. So using that as our guidelines for social media is really where we're headed. That's cool. And it definitely comes across, you know, um, I see the fun and the joy. Um, it, it comes across to the to the to the user, you know, to the person looking, you know, when I see the Instagram, I see just a good attitude and um, somebody with a really strong community footprint, you know, that doing the events and, and I love this library system aspect, because one of the things um, I used to work in the Union Square Farmers Market in, in Manhattan, in the city, and um, I would see kids come in there and they would have like little checklists and they would have to go around the farmers markets in a group like with teachers um, and they would have to find the foods and the farmers market. And it was essentially teaching the kids who live in the city very, in an urban environment um, where food comes from, you know, or what food looks like and, and where th certain things like come from or how they're grown. And so I would see the kids walking around um, the, the, the market. So is that something that you think you're doing with the, would like to do with the libraries is an education, you know, for um, kids or adults? For both is an, um, a broad audience. You know, I want people to be able to listen in and really get like, a background education. I don't think a lot of people understand the amount of work that goes into producing maple syrup. I mean, we were talking about tapping and things. One thing I didn't mention is currently we're hiking through a foot and a half of snow as well. You know, there, there's so many different little pieces to it. And there's also a lot of fun, like science background um, in like the boiling and all the components and properties of maple syrup. So. I just want to get more information out to people. Um, one of my goals for myself within the company is to get more comfortable public speaking and talking about tree juice. Um, we can learn a lot from each other and I wanna be 
able to share the information with others. You know, you're 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 raising an issue like you're you're touching on something really important because um, what a lot of people say is maple syrup is too expensive. <laughs> right. I'm sure you've heard that. Well, maple syrup is just too expensive. So they'll buy a substitute that's really not maple syrup. I'm not <laughs> going to name any names, <laughs> uh, but there are there's maple syrup like things out maple there, syrup. corn syrups out there, and people will say, well, maple syrup is so, so expensive. Um, but I think you're, you're touching on a really good point that, and that education, and I'm, that's why I'm glad we're filming the podcast is because it is a lot of work and it is a really precious um, sugar. It's an amazing sugar that's, it's like not a so healthy for you, but it's not a, um, it's not like what white sugar does to your metabolism. You know, maple syrup is a real sugar. It's a real sugar that comes directly from nature that's local. So maybe you can speak to that. Do you, do you ever get pushed back on your prices and then explain to people like, Hey, look, it's expensive. It's ex is expensive because we really make this like we're a small team and we really make this. Does that ever yeah, happen? Um, generally you? speaking, I mean, I feel like we're also, when we're at the farmer's markets, our, our customers are somewhat familiar at least, but we definitely do get a little bit of a pushback that it's like, how is this so expensive? And I was like, well, you're welcome to come to work with me on Monday <laughs> together, you know? <laughs> but it is difficult because there is a lot that goes into it. And it is, I mean, it's not healthy by any means because it is a sugar, but I do like to say it's a healthy sugar for you. Um, I don't think you need as much maple as you need granulated sugar, so it cuts down that way. And you're also getting some antioxidants in it too. And really, and minerals, yep. And minerals. A, there's a lot of great stuff to it. And really the work in order to get it, and even like a large scale, I mean, you look at farm maple farms that have, thousands and thousands and thousands of taps and that have all of this production, it's still expensive from them because it's a valuable, it's liquid gold as we call it, you know? It is, it is. And I, I agree. Like when you, we talk about prices, um, you know, because our apple molasses has a pretty high price tag and, um, it is because, you know, we pick our apples by hand. We take care of the trees all year round. We, you know, there's things that we do all year round um, that reflect the high price. And, and it is, there is an education. There is something there with that education, like letting the public know that, you know, this is a product that's made by hand. Um, you know, it's a really great tradition here in, in New England um, and kind of letting people know how special it actually is. And I really love that. I think that's super, super fantastic. If you could do that. Yeah, we should really piece. glorify our local resources while we have them. I mean, we love our trees and they give us some great stuff. So having people understand that it's not necessarily just the product you're buying, you're also buying all of this labor of love that goes into every little drop of that maple syrup. Yep. And, you know, you're leading right into my next question, which is this, that, okay, it is a little bit, it is more expensive than white sugar, which is like a whole other um, podcast, you know, but, you know, you can also use it sparingly. I think that one of the misconceptions with maple syrup is that you like dump half the <laughs> bottle on pancakes, <laughs> but that, and that's a great way to enjoy um, maple syrup, of course, but, you know, um, 
as you said before, you'll add it to your tea. Um, you know, you'll put it in muffins. Like, so you're using a tea, tablespoon and tablespoon at a time. Um, so maybe you can say, talk about earlier, you were saying too, um, some of the alternative ways of you using maple syrup other than just <laughs> dumping it yeah, on pancakes. Um, so I love me a good pancake, um, but it definitely is fun to use in other ways. Um, for baking, you can use about a half a cup of maple syrup to replace an entire cup of granulated sugar. Um, I don't even use a full half cup and my baking comes out very sweet. Um, so it's really fun to experiment with in that too. I mean, I'm cutting out that processed sugar there. Um, I've also found like you can make some salad dressings and things. Um, our garlic maple syrup is so good for that. Just a little like tablespoon of maple syrup, some olive oil, and just mix it all together and you've got a salad dressing. Um, there's a lot of fun things that you can do with it and you can make your cooking healthy. If you want that sweeter aspect in whatever you're doing, I highly recommend exploring maple. Mm, and I think something you said before was about a stir fry. Maybe you can uh, elaborate <laughs> oh, yeah. on that. <laughs> um, love um, the lemon maple syrup with stir fry. Uh, really just, as I said, I use a little drizzle of the maple syrup, some olive oil, salt and pepper, and I some soy sauce. And I toss in some fresh green veggies and just mix them all up. Um, it really brings out the flavor in them. And I have a nice healthy sauce too. Very cool. That sounds really, really good. Um, yeah, I think that I think that education and these alternative recipes, like present, letting people know like the other ways that you can use it, that it's not just the breakfast. You know, even cocktails. I'm sure that you can put them in cocktails. Um, you know, and sweeten up like a, a some sort of cocktail <laughs> drink. I'm not a bartender, but yeah, I'm sure there's like lots and lots of ways that you can use it to either extend it um, or, you know, to make it a little bit more economical if that was something that um, the customer yeah, was I concerned mean, with. It's a great, it's a great treat. It's a sweet treat. It's so fun to cook with. And there really are like endless options. I mean, you're already getting creative yourself. I can hear it. So it, it's fun and it's fun to interact <laughs> with the customers. <laughs> try it this way. We get a lot of, I only like, I don't ever eat pancakes. I don't need maple syrup. And then I launch into, well, <laughs> have you tried? Um, so yeah, I mean, circling back to your last question on social media and digital presence, that's one of the things we're also focusing on is producing a weekly recipe or a bi-weekly recipe so people can experiment and have time uh, to play with the maple syrup. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's all about, um, getting the recipes out and sharing that creativity. Because um, you guys are so creative. I love all of the the good energy and good vibes coming out. Um, yeah, so maybe as we sort of wrap, wrap it up, I have a, like one or two more questions for you. But um, I'm really enjoying listening to, you know, listening to how Treatures works. It's a small business. It's a small team, but very, very capable and dedicated people. Um, and you know, I love that you still have the CSA aspect of the business going too. So maybe, um, for any other small business owners that are listening, you know, maybe even seasonal business owners too, like myself, what would be the greatest advice that you would give to somebody, um, 
you know, maybe even somebody looking to launch into the maple syrup business themselves, where would they um, go to start? I think it is so important to have a support system. Um, I feel like we've touched on that a couple of times throughout this podcast. Um, and I can't really stress it enough. Uh, we wouldn't be able to accomplish our goals without each other. I mean, Ryan's our brains, Jake's our brawn. I fill in little gaps here and there, but we really work hard together, both the three of us as well as within our community. And I think that support is so necessary. So if you're looking to strike out on business on your own, make sure you have a footing and people that you can rely on to be like, hey, I have this random question that you might have knowledge for. Um, and I think that really is what it comes down to is without each other, we wouldn't be able to succeed in our mission to spread happiness. And we also work together to create that vision and make it come to life. And if things don't match that vision, then we don't do them. So have a support system is my best advice I can give anyone. Yeah. And would you say, would you recommend a CSA? Now, maple syrup is, is a lot because it, a lot of the equipment is big as, and is expensive. Um, you know, you, you had an advantage there because the Fairburns had a lot of the equipment that could be resurrected. So if somebody actually wanted to start from scratch, which would be a pretty big endeavor, what would you, do you have yeah, any advice um, for so that person? If you're person? going to go in the maple industry from scratch, your best bet is just start researching. Um, there's so many wonderful online resources that you can get into. There's a bunch of marketplaces for used equipment. Um, and start small. I mean, you're going to be surprised at how much work even a little bit, like a, even a few hundred trees takes to make into maple syrup. So just be well aware of what you're getting yourself into and making sure that you can find the resources and connections you need in order to start yourself up. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And I know there's a website called Maple yeah, Trader. It is. Yep. is that still around? <laughs> that's a great one. Um, and there's a couple, I mean, even Facebook Marketplace, there's several maple forums on there too that have been quite helpful. Yeah, that's awesome. Because you don't necessarily need all the PVC tubing and you don't need all of that to get started. That is really efficient. I mean, you could get started. People do maple syrup with buckets. Um, you know, it's obviously a lot more work, but it's also very wholesome and very traditional. But um, yeah, if, I think that, you know, if somebody really wanted to start, like maybe let's say a second homeowner has a few trees on their property, I think that's pretty good advice. Yeah, or I mean, reach out, um, reach out to local farms and see if you they know, need more trees to tap and are willing to like teach you. That, that's also an option. I mean, there's a couple, I, had, I talked to somebody from Woodstock that had just bought a property and he was like, can I come and tap with you guys and help you out so I can learn some things? I mean, that's a great way to make connections and figure out information on what you really need to get going on your business. Yeah, that's very cool. Sort of um, not like a volunteer, but like more an, like a like woofer. Intern, There's a kind thing of. That, it's like kind of like woofing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come and intern for with us. Yep. It's like, they're like, what did Come I get myself into? <laughs> a couple feet of snow and then you tell me if you'd like to join. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, that's when the charm of Ryan and Jake will really take over because you're like, what am I doing here? You know, yes, that's yes. when the goofballs come out. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So maybe in closing, you can tell us a bit about the future goals of Tree Juice and where do you see yourself you know, yeah, in five, um, ten years or so? We really want to expand. Um, we're working this year and last year to expand the number of taps that we have um, so that we're able to produce and meet demand. Um, we would love a new sap house because we're outgrowing our sweet little spot there. Um, so there's a couple of things that we're trying really hard to get going on that end. Um, and in the grand scheme of things, um, in 10 years, I would love to still be spreading happiness through maple syrup, but I'd like to be doing it on a large scale, um, distributing pallets. It's something we've been working in the last six months doing, and I would like to continue doing so. Um, being an accessible staple in somebody's pantry, it would, would be pretty awesome as a large scale goal. Yeah, not to take a step too too far backwards a step but i did see that on your instagram this was 2020 was the first year that yeah, you did yeah, that a was pallet a order um exciting and a learning process for sure um so that was our first one since then we've sent out i think six more so slowly but surely we're growing yep exactly um that's awesome. And I love that. And yeah, maybe just to kind of like wrap it up, we would say, you know, if somebody really wanted to get into the maple syrup business, that's a great way is contact somebody who's already doing it. Um, like contact tree juice, for example, and see if they can tag along for a day and, you know, see what it's like a real operation. Now, um, maybe in closing again, you could say, do, or do you have any open houses coming up and where can listeners find you, find your products? Are you in any retail stores? That's a lot of <laughs> yeah. questions, but <laughs> yeah, no worries. I think you know what um, I'm asking. So we're not doing our open house this year, as far as I'm aware, due to COVID and guidelines. Um, New York State has actually elected to cancel their standing maple weekend, which is typically when we do an open house. Um, we will probably try to do some kind of like outside setup um, for our CSA pickup in March at some point on our farm so people can at least stop and say hello, um, but keeping it safe with the pandemic and everything. Um, otherwise, you can find us. I'm going to be at Kingston Farmers Market later this month, uh, virtually on our website. Um, sign up for our CSA. That would be great. You can find that information on our website as well. Um, and then locally, uh, we're all up and down the Hudson Valley region um, into Greene County and local in the Catskills. Um, there is a map on our website that you can look at. Um, in the upper corner, it says find sweet stuff. You click on that and a cute little map will pop up with a bunch of maple leaves um, to find where we are closest to you. Um, and obviously, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Um, I'm always responding to emails and saying hello to people. And that's the most socialization as we get virtually these days. <laughs> <laughs> yep email i know 
Well, that's really, really cool. And what is the website and what is um, your sure. like, so Instagram you handle? You can find us at com. Our Instagram handle is also at syrup. We're on Facebook. You can find us at facebook.com slash syrup. And right now I actually have a discount code for your listeners. And if you go onto our website and type in the code SWEETSTORY, at checkout, you'll get a free two ounce bottle of any of our varieties with the purchase of one 12 ounce bottle. So. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so say that again. If you go to the website and yep, enter the discount code Sweet Story, two ounce bottle with any purchase of a 12 ounce bottle. Yeah, I can try out any awesome. flavor. Okay, you want. that's amazing. And then you can have fun cooking. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yes and put it in <laughs> um a cocktail <laughs> so all right very cool well, thank you so much ray this has been a lot of fun yeah, and uh, hope, hopefully we can catch up soon thanks so much for having me all right thanks